Hey everyone, welcome to City Church OTR's Sermons Podcast. Here you will find all of the sermons and teachings that are given at our Sunday services. We also have our original City Church OTR podcast, which has more conversations, interviews, and more interactive content. As always, we would love to meet you. Check out our Instagram to see what we're doing this week and our website, citychurchotr.com, to meet one of our pastors. Enjoy. Yeah, so if, there, if there's one thing I hope you caught in that was that Chris called me Friday morning and asked me if I could speak. And I said, for sure. Um, I said, you just good with any sort of message. He said, no, not really. Um, <laughs> we're in the middle of a series. And as, you, as anybody who knows Chris knows, he's very per- persuasive. Um, so Chris convinced me to still do the message in that series, um, even though I just found out about it on Friday. So I'll tell you a little bit about what we're going to do this morning, where we're going. It is going to be a little bit different. Um, One, because we're in this room, in this space. Um, We know the limitations. We know how distracting it is. Um, I'm probably going to echo the whole time, and we'll just kind of have to deal with it. Um, If it gets really bad, someone just say, take your mic off. And if Josh says I can, I will. Um, But we're going to be a little shorter. We're going to have a conversation. It just got worse. It got worse as I said that. We're going to have a conversation about spiritual formation. Um, What is spiritual formation? You guys are in the middle of this series called um, By Design, correct? Is that what you guys have been doing? Yeah, yeah. So again, found out on Friday. So you're in this series called By Design where you're working through the four pillars of your church. Um, You're talking about family, and you're asking everybody to commit to be involved in a house group this year, right? That was week one. Week two, you guys talked a little bit about mission. What does it look like for everybody to serve somebody this week? I think Chris told me that will not repay you. Isn't that kind of what he called everybody to? And then he talked about working to establish seeking the presence of God in your life. What does that look like for you? How do you seek the presence of God? And today we're going to talk about spiritual formation, and we're going to do something a little bit different at the end. So we're going to take about five minutes at the end, and we're going to together discuss in this room, not everybody with me, but we're going to kind of circle around with the people that are around us, and we're going to talk about what it would look like for us this year to commit to growing and living and looking more like Christ. So I'm going to lay out why that matters, why that's important, And then we are going to um, kind of actually decide this morning what's a step that we can take in that area. But before I do that, I was was praying this morning. Um, Is it super echoey or is it just me? Just keep going, push through, don't worry about it, deal. Um, I was praying this morning, I was at the Jackson house, and as I was praying, um, I was looking at this book of like the first year of City Church OTR. And as I'm looking at this book, there's these pictures that I've seen a thousand times of all my friends that decided that they wanted to plant this church, which is really cool. They're good pictures. They're well taken. It's cool to see kind of the launch team of City Church OTR. And then I turn to the next page, and it's a picture of a room full of people that are here right now today in this place. And it hit me for the first time. Like, it's a real answer to prayers. You know, you guys have heard church dreamed up in a dorm room road trips, you know, you guys have heard all these things. You've heard, you know, Chris probably talk way too many times about the, uh, what's the series he loves again? Yeah, yeah. What was it? Someone tell me. Fast and the Furious. Yeah. You've heard way too many times how that's the vision that launched this church. And all those things are such a cool answer to prayers. But even more than that this morning, as I'm sitting there in this room and I'm praying, and I see that there's a room full of actual people here committed to family, 
committed to seeking God's presence, committed to one another and serving each other. I was like, man, that is an answer to prayers. Um, And so before we jump in and we talk about spiritual formation, it would be an absolute treat for me um, in this morning, in this place, to pray over you physically the passage that I was praying this morning, which is Ephesians chapter 3, which is where Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus, um, asking that they would just grow to live and look more like Christ in their life. So I'm going to pray for that. We'll just bow our heads, we'll pray together, and then we'll jump into a conversation about spiritual formation. This is found in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with his power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts and through faith that you may be rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we may ask, think, or imagine according to the power at work within us, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So we're going to have a conversation this morning about spiritual formation. Um, My journey with the conversation about spiritual formation is very interesting. Um, A couple years ago, I found myself as a student uh, through Biola Seminary, which is out in California. I was doing it online. But, um, and I'm coming across my seminary courses and I have these spiritual formation classes. And to be honest, when I saw them on the agenda, I was like, great. I have to spend some of my time this semester literally in a small group. How is that going to help me grow in my knowledge to be a pastor? How is this going to be something that's actually gonna be beneficial for me? And it didn't take long for me to understand the importance of the subject of spiritual formation in our life. Um, We were reading this book called The Listening Life. I don't remember the name of the author, but as we're reading this book called The Listening Life, I begin to learn that while I've been a Christ follower most of my life, I'm a really bad listener. Um, And that's something that obviously Christ would model for people. And as we begin to go into other subjects, I begin to learn, man, I have been a Christian my entire, not my entire life, but for a large portion of my life. But have I ever taken seriously that God gives me kind of these intentional steps to grow in the knowledge of him? Have I ever actually said, you know what, what would it look like for me to take physical steps to grow in the knowledge of God? So then for the next three years, this ended up actually being the most fruitful, beneficial part of my journey while I was at Biola, meeting with people week in and week out, talking about how God is teaching us things in our other classes, learning about how God's growing us, practicing different spiritual disciplines. And I began to learn how important it is to be intentional with our faith. That faith is something that it takes steps to do by design. That while we're established in Christ and we're rooted in him, and that's something that doesn't change, but to grow in Christ, there's things that we have to to actually do that doesn't just happen naturally. I love the way that um, John Mark Comer says this, who is probably the most common modern voice on this subject. John Mark Comer says it like this. He says, this is why there are so many 80-year-olds in the world that you know are one of two things. 
Some of them are the most beautiful people you've ever met. They're just absolutely beautiful. But then we all know a handful of other ones that are like the worst people we've ever met, right? He said, see, what happens is if you don't set yourself on a path to grow, you don't make intentional steps to grow, you don't think about who you want to be when you're 80 years old, you're probably going to turn out being something else. And so it takes intention to say, who do we want to be? How do we want to grow in our knowledge of Christ? How do we want to live and look more like him? It's not something that just happens naturally. So if I were to give you a very simple definition of what spiritual formation is, it's simply practicing the ways of Jesus, actually practicing them. And this matters greatly, again, for two reasons. One, there's kind of the obvious natural things that we don't even need to turn to Bible for, that, again, what we do affects us. It affects us more than we want to admit that it does. I mean, again, even in my time in spiritual formation, I thought more deeply about how the food that enters my body affects the way that I live. You know, that like as I get older, I learn I just can't eat whatever I want. I don't know if anybody else identifies with that in the room. You know, if I eat certain foods, it's going to affect me. I mean, we are like the antacid people in the world. We probably keep them in business in my house. What you eat affects you. What you do affects you. The things you watch, the relationships that you have, all the things that you do affect you. So how are you being intentional with those things? That's the first thing. The second thing, again, is that we all are becoming something. If we like it or not, the things we do, the things around us affect us, and we all are becoming something. And so we have to take seriously what is the thing that we want to become. Again, we want to give real deep answers when we get into spiritual formation, and we'll get to some of those things, but really it's pretty obvious. Like, we're all becoming something. Also, the Bible instructs it. Jesus very clearly lays out a pattern of what it looks like for us to be formed and to live more like him. We see Jesus give this picture in John uh, chapter 15 where he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Again, we love to think of that as like a passive thing, right? Like remaining in Jesus is something that is active, something that we do, <laughs> it's something that takes steps. We'll get into what spiritual formation is not here in a moment where I'll allude to maybe some of the questions that just raised. Paul says this in Romans chapter 12. He says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. So Paul lays out this picture in his writing. He says again, there's these patterns of the world that are constantly forming us. Your job, the stresses of life, they're forming you into be something. Don't pay attention to those things. Be transformed by something that's outside of this world. Be transformed to live, look, and act more like Christ. In 1 Timothy, we see Paul also say this. If you put these things before your brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed, having nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, rather train yourself for godliness. For while the body training is of some good value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds to the promises for the present life 
and also for the life to come. So why do we care about spiritual formation? Well, because we know we're all becoming something. Why do we care about spiritual formation? Because clearly the New Testament lays it out as a pattern for us to say what it looks like to grow and to live and to act more like Christ. Now, let's talk about why we don't care about spiritual formation. We have a tendency to try to earn God's love. That's probably what you guys are wondering in the room. You know, what, okay, I understand what it looks to grow like Christ, but where's the tension lie? The tension lies in when we're doing things because we think they're going to make God love us more. That's the tension. When we say, I'm going to do these things because God, you will love me if I do them. You know, there's a passage that comes right after that prayer that I read at the beginning. Um, it's Ephesians 4 verse 1. And what I love about this passage, uh, Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, and he just gives this command that really talks about growing in your knowledge and your love of God through this prayer that he writes. But then he transitions into chapter 4. It's a beautiful thing that he does in his writing. And, and as he transitions into chapter 4, he says these words. He says, I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you have been called. Now, people pleasers in the room, task list people, you know, people who got their checklist. That's, that's my wife. We always have a running checklist in our house. You read that and you go, okay, what do I got to do to earn the calling that's been placed on me? But see, a proper reading of this passage would tell you that what Paul is actually saying, walking in a matter worthy of which you've been called, means that there's a calling that's been placed on you that cannot be taken away. That God loves you. He spends, he spends three chapters, again, I'm not, this is not a sermon on Ephesians, so I don't want to fully go there, but Paul spends three chapters telling them about everything that God has done for them, not telling them anything to go do. He gives them one command, and it's to remember what God's done. That's absolutely all he says. And then, in chapter four, he says, walk in worthy of what you've been called, meaning we do these things because God loves us, not the other way around. That the Bible has given us a pattern of how to live and act and look more like Christ, but doing these things do not earn God's love. You've already got it. So for the people pleasers in the room, those of us who want to try to please God's love, you've already got that. Rather, we do these things because they grow us, they help us to live, and they help us to live and look more like Christ in our every single day. So, this is the point of the sermon where we're going to get ready to transition into a conversation. We'll do that here in a few minutes. But now we're going to talk about and we're going to explore a few different spiritual disciplines. But I want to say this up front. I'm going to give you three, okay? These are the three that I think, um, I think they're important. I think they're good. The reality is there are, you could make about anything to be a spiritual discipline, to be truthful. There are hundreds of spiritual disciplines. If I was reading a book up here by, you know, Richard Foster, or I'm looking at like a spiritual disciplines handbook, there are hundreds of things. I'm going to give you three, and I hope that the Holy Spirit's going to use those three to speak to you, and maybe they're a thing that you commit to this year. But man, if you're in your conversation later with a group of people, and you feel like God's leading you to do something else, that is okay. The goal of our conversation is to discern what steps we can take to live and look more like Christ. How can we practice the way of Jesus this year? How can we be a church that we don't just say we're about spiritual formation on paper, but it's something that we're actually doing? 
that while we practice community, while we're a church on mission, while we have some stinking incredible worship in this place, we also are a people that take seriously growing in Christ. That's the conversation that we're trying to enter into. So I'm going to give you three examples. They're three S's. Maybe that helps you remember them. The first one we're going to talk about is scripture. If you are someone in the room and you do not take the word of God seriously, it's not something that's active in your life. Um, this word comes directly from your pastor. We would love to see you consider taking the scripture more seriously this year. Finding time to read the Bible. You know, a lot of things we talk about in the spiritual formation in these passages I read of Jesus talk about being anchored, <laughs> being anchored to something when we live. Again, there's millions of voices in the world. There's everything that's trying to catch our ear, everything that's trying to make us think differently. We need something that's transcendent that can anchor us. I'm not saying that scripture is the only way that you hear from God, but what I am saying is it's a great way to hear from God. That the literal written word of God is here for us to know what God is calling us to do. Before we have a conversation about what practices we can commit to, we really need to have a conversation about committing to making scripture serious in our life. So I want to challenge you. What would it look like for you to spend time in your Bible this year? Not going to talk hours, not going to talk days, not talk morning, not talk evening. No, it's that, not going to talk physical, not going to talk version, none of that. What would it look like for you as an individual to discern how you could take your Bible seriously this year? Commit to reading it because it is the foundation. It is the anchor for all the other practices of Jesus. It's how we know what Jesus has done. It's how we know how to live. That's the first thing I want to call us to consider. The second thing is this, and I think this is huge in our world. I want us to consider what it would look like for us to establish a Sabbath day in our rhythm. Some of us love to rest. Most of us are really, really bad at it. You know anything about our culture today? Everybody's got a hustle. Everybody's got a side hustle. Everything is measured by how busy can we keep ourselves. You know, my wife works in corporate America, so I understand this a lot when she's having conversations with people and she even wrestles with this. But again, we celebrate being overworked. We absolutely do in our culture. Like we wear it as a badge of honor. You go out to dinner with somebody on a Thursday night and the first thing you're going to talk about is, man, how much work you've done this week. What would it look like to be a people that actually celebrate rest? What would it look like to be a people that, while we do work hard, <laughs> we do care about what we do, we establish rhythms of rest. Your entire life is not measured by your accomplishments. Again, God laid this out in intentionally. We see God do this in creation. We see this again in Exodus, where God establishes this as he lays out the Ten Commandments, where he says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. If you're someone that you don't have a day where you're resting, you don't have a day where you're taking a break, where you're reflecting on what God's done for you throughout your week, where you're pointing to the next, where you don't have accomplishments you're trying to do, man, you might get burnt out. I'm not going to guarantee you will. I don't have the authority to do that. But you might get burnt out. So what would it look like for you to establish a day of rest in your rhythm throughout the week. 
That's what it means to take a Sabbath. See, life, again, is not all about our effort. It's not all about accomplishing things. It's not all about checking things off the list. It's not all about being overworked. God himself intended for us to be a people of rest. So what would it look like for us to be a people that commit to resting? This is your challenge in that. Again, it sounds easy, but it's harder than you think. Could you commit to taking one day a week and resting? To say, this is not a week where I'm going, this is not a day where I'm going to accomplish things. This is not a day where I'm going to throw all the things I didn't get done throughout the week and do it on that day. I'm truly going to rest and see if God forms you in this way. The last thing I want us to consider is similar, but a little different. Again, I chose these three because I think they speak against everything that's going on in our culture and our world. I would like us to consider what it would be like to establish a place of solitude in our lives. Solitude, simply put, is creating a space of intentional silence and listening to God. Somewhere where your sole focus is to listen to God. I am a kind of guy that loves a lot of noise. You know, I'm the guy, even when I want to listen to God, I want other noises, you know? Like throw on the worship track. I'd rather be in a coffee shop than in a place by myself. Like I want all the noise because God does tend to meet me there. But sometimes I need to remind myself that God often speaks in the silent place. Do you have anywhere in your life where there's not noise? Again, I, I'm, I'm somebody that needs this more than anybody. I've got an Alexa in every room. I've always got the TV on something. If I'm not, I've got an AirPod in. There's always something speaking to me. Do you have any place in your life where you actually can stop and be silent? I think it'd be interesting to consider where you could establish this place. Why does this matter? Again, we see Jesus do this consistently. Jesus, we see him retreat all throughout the Gospels. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, we see that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. In Luke chapter 5, we see it, it records that Jesus often withdrew to the lonely places and prayed. In Luke chapter 6, we see it recorded that Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent night and spent the night praying to God. When the morning came, he called his disciples, and to him he chose the 12 of them. If Jesus needs to retreat to a place of silence, how much more do we probably need that in our lives? Now, I want to say something here. Retreating to a place of silence, one of the things that prevents us, many of us, from doing that is because we struggle with the idea of being lonely. Um, I was single long into my 20s. Um, I got married at 28, I think. And I struggled to create spaces of silence in my life because I didn't want to feel alone. I mean, that was, that was the reason. <laughs> it was like, I didn't know what it was like to be alone. Solitude is not about seeking loneliness. It's about seeking the place of God. If you're somebody that struggles with the idea of feeling like you're alone, I pray that God meets you in that place unlike you can meet any other friend in a conversation at a coffee shop. Let the place of solitude be that sweet place of contentment in your life. 
Again, I know we're talking to a room full of millennials. I imagine there's some people in the room that are single. I want to encourage you that solitude may be the thing in your spiritual formation that could change you the most this year. By working to say, I don't need to be fulfilled by all the relationships in my life, that I'm going to establish a place in my life, a physical place where I can meet Jesus, where he can speak directly to me where I can seek his words, where I can avoid the noise. And man, I believe if you were to commit to do that, God will grow you this year. So again, as I prayerfully discern what are the spiritual disciplines that I think we could grow in as a church, the little bit that I know about you, the little bit I hear about on the phone, I think it would be incredible if we were people that committed to say we were going to have a high value of scripture this year, we're going to commit to taking a place of rest, and we would consider creating a space of solitude in our life. But I am not the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit hopefully works through my message. I am somebody that prayerfully is discerning what for a crowd of 100 people it could look like for us to grow in Christ this year. I hope that God is placing something on your heart that he's calling you to discern how you can grow in him this year. Maybe it's something that fits really well in a spiritual formation handbook. Maybe it's just some good idea you got. Maybe it's like, it looks like for me to do this every morning. It looks like me to have these conversations every day. Maybe it's something that doesn't need to fit well into a descriptor, but it's something that God has uniquely placed on your heart. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to create a space. We're going to take a minute. We're going to spend some time in prayer. We're going to seek God. How are you calling me to grow in knowledge of you? Again, join a group. Awesome. Really concrete, easy step. Serve somebody this week, easy step. Seek the presence of God more. Man, I hope we would be encouraging one another to do that. Spiritual formation, it's a specific task, but it's unique for everybody, and yet it helps us grow together to live and look more like Christ as a body. So let's prayerfully discern what is God placing on our heart, and then after that, you're going to actually take some time and you're going to discuss with the people around you, maybe this is what God's leading me to. No one's writing it down. We're not recording it. We don't have a microphone around you, you know, where we're going to hear what you say. And the next week we're going to say, hey, you said you're going to do this. Did you do this? We're not doing that. This is just a way for you as a community in this place today to discern, is God calling me to something specific that's going to form me to live and look more like Christ in my life? So let's pray. And then we'll do that. Father God, God, I just thank you. Um, I thank you for the joy that it is to be in front of uh, this community in Cincinnati, these people who are taking being centered on you seriously. And Father God, that we woke up, we intentionally came to this place to hear from your word, to lift our praises to you, Father God, I pray now that as we turn our hearts to discern where you are uniquely calling us to grow in you, that you speak, Lord. That you lay on the hearts of every single believer in this room how you are uniquely calling them to grow in you. That God, we would be a people in this place who take your word seriously that we anchor ourselves to something that's transcendent, something that goes beyond this world. 
that we anchor ourselves to you, Jesus. And Father God, I pray that we would be a people that we are not constantly chasing the next thing, that we're not defining all of our successes by our accomplishments, that we have a bigger view of life than what we're doing, but we're people that just are. That we're people that are a part of your family, God. Father God, I pray for those of us in the room that we struggle to find a place of silence, that we struggle to find a place where we can hear from you. God, that you'll put it on our hearts to establish that, that you'll give us direction, you'll give us clarity, you'll give us a picture of where that space is in our life that you're calling us to. God, more than anything, let City Church be a place of beautiful community of sons and daughters of the King who are growing in their knowledge of God, that they're living and looking more like your son, Jesus. And that those around them would be changed because of it. So your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So again, we're just going to take a moment, just ask that you would just prayerfully consider is God calling me to take a physical step of obedience to him? And then when you're ready, talk to the people around you. If you don't like the chair arrangement, I'm fine if you turn the chairs into one another. You know, we can worship not in rows. That's, that's possible. But just have a conversation with the people that you are in community with about how God is forming you this year, what you believe God is calling uniquely to. And then we'll come back forward and we'll worship a few more songs and then I think we're going to have some fun together after church.